Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I don't know if it's the minutia of the offseason, but I've become a conspiracy theorist. I don't think Tom Brady's done. Stone LeBanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. I don't think we've seen the last of TB12. And I'm not talking about a terrible movie with four old ladies recreating a trip to the Super Bowl. Now, I think that Tom Brady is going to be back on a football field. I have this sinking feeling we're not done with Brady. Ken Levick alive. It's a Friday. Bringing you into the weekend. Thank God. Here on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app. And on your smart speaker. From the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the glorious and warm intracoastal Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights. He runs this thing until 2 o'clock. We have a lot to do, actually. Typically on Fridays, we're just mailing it in, but there's actually a lot to do. Stone, something's rumbling, and it is not the after effects of my Panchakarma cleanse. <laughs> something's rumbling in my football world. I. Just have a feeling that we're not done yet with Tom Brady. I just get the sense we're going to see this dude under center at some point, and it might even be next year. Now, one of the early red flags, if you remember, Stone, was after Tom Brady retired. And don't forget, there was the Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington, ESPN report he's going to retire. And then there was the, no, 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 he, he hasn't made a decision. He called Jason Lick. Then nobody knows anything. But then it turns out that the two best NFL reporters in the game were actually, well, right. Because they're usually right. And Tom Brady ended up retiring. But then he went on his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray right after he retired. And if you recall, Stone, this is what Tom Brady had to say. You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. And I don't think anything never, you know, you never say never. You and, never say never. You know, at the same time, Red I know flag. that I'm very, I feel very good about my decisions. <laughs> this so, is like a week after, too. Yeah. I don't know, it feels six months from now. They change. It most likely won't. But, you know, I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. And, again, I think it's not looking to you know, reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. Um, but in the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. And, um, again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. That's as honest as I can be with you there, Jim. You never (laughs) say never. You never say never. Of course you don't, Tom. Of course you don't. When you're not actually sure you want to be retired. Because if you were sure you wanted to be retired, you would say, yeah, I'm done. Right? Yeah. And I mean, you would list off a a number of reasons why you'd be done Uh instead of listing off, you know, like phrases that mean you're not done. Now, credit to Mike Giardi of the NFL Network, who immediately jumped on this and 
talked with some people, as good reporters do, and he wasn't overly convinced that Tom Brady was actually, like, done done. And talking to some people that know him very well, the situation in Tampa, they ran it back last year. They didn't win a title. Now there's some cap concerns. Can they bring everybody back? It doesn't seem that's going to be the case. Maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady is looking elsewhere and saying, I can't win a title here, but maybe I can win one elsewhere. And I think that's something to follow here during the course of the offseason because, again, he did not close the door on playing football. Speaking of not closing the door, Ryan Clark, he from the jump since Tom Brady's retirement on ESPN has been banging the drum of, yeah, Tom Brady, that dude's definitely not retired. Tom ain't retired, man. (laughs) Tom is not. You know what? When he first retired, I was like, this is a man who wouldn't say he's retiring if he didn't want to retire. This is a man who has seemed to be very sure about everything in his life. Things didn't end well this season. I don't really like the locker room. The the, the, the temperature there isn't quite right for me. I'm done. And now he's sat around a little bit. He's looked at a little bit of the film from the year. And he said, you know what? I was damn good. I can still really do this. And everybody's asking, Tom, are you truly retired? Hey, guys, if you don't want to do something, we say we don't want to do it. You know, there's some times in the production meetings that Julian is saying, hey, RC, we're going to talk about this. And I'm like, the hell we are, Julian. I am done. <laughs> if, Tom Brady, if Tom Brady didn't want the door open, if Tom Brady didn't want to play, he would tell us. This makes me feel that not only is the window or door open in Tampa Bay for him to come back, that Tom just might actually walk through it. No, and that's all good fun and games. Tom Brady had just retired. And obviously, there's some skepticism around that because we know Tom Brady just likes to play football and he's the ultimate competitor. And it wasn't long ago that he was talking about playing football until the age of 50. But he walked away. He retired. We can speculate. Uh, it's good fun. But then there's this. Tom Brady was on Fred Couples' Sirius XM radio show. Why? No idea. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. But it feels to me that Tom Brady just wants to get a taste of media and still be involved and still be talked about. And I'm going to read you this exchange that was documented by Buccaneers reporter Rick Stroud. Couples, quote, maybe you can tell us where you're going, Tom. Brady. I tell you, I wish I had a clear vision of what the future holds, but I think for me, there's a lot of great things and a lot of great opportunities that I know I said right after football season, I was looking forward to spending time with my family. And I've done that the last five weeks. And I know there will be a lot more of that too. So, you know, I like staying busy, that's for sure. I played a little bit of golf and I'm actually going to see my parents tonight, which will be a real highlight for me on their turf. I'll be sleeping in the same bed I slept at when I was a kid. I don't think my mom knows I'm coming home yet. (laughs) So it's just between my dad and I. It is a little bit of a surprise. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to some golf the next few days and some more family time. And then we'll figure out where we go from there. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I'm getting the sense this is happening. Because this week, Bruce Arians was asked, Well, Tom Brady, he's still under contract. And Bruce Arians said, yep. And reporters were like, well, how how much would it take for a team to trade for Tom Brady? Bruce Arians isn't even acting like Tom Brady's retired. He said, five first-round picks. Five. Five (laughs) first-round picks. 
Then, pro football talk. Mike Florio with the story this morning, documenting how Brady could get out of that contract by saying he took a one-year extension because of salary cap problems, and he could make the case that he already did his part, leading the Buccaneers to the divisional round in the playoffs, and he could get out of his contract making that argument. All of this stone against the backdrop that the Dolphins were talking minority ownership with Tom Brady, (laughs) and perhaps (laughs) that would open the door for him to take over the Dolphins' offense under Mike McDaniel. There's too much stuff swirling around, Stone. I'm telling you, too many people are talking. Too many people are getting non-answers from Tom Brady. Tom Brady's going on any damn radio show he can get on. Fred Couples, I didn't even know he had a Sirius XM radio show. Suddenly, Brady's on it. Uh, Tom Brady, something's up here. I have a weird feeling Tom Brady's not done. I have a weird feeling that Tom Brady is not retired. He hasn't been placed on the retired list. Uh, the Bucks do have financial incentive not to do that, but Tom Brady hasn't even fought it. Brady's keeping dangling out there. Yeah, we haven't heard just, it yet. Maybe I'm here. Yeah, he hasn't said anything definitive. I think Tom Brady is going to play again, and I think he might play again next year. And honestly, as great as Tom Brady is, I had already gotten myself mentally prepared for an NFL without Tom Brady. I'm ready for the next generation. I'm ready for Mahomes. I'm ready for Herbert. I'm ready for Burrow. I'm ready for Tua. I'm ready for all of these quarterbacks to just take had, the reins. Just had to throw Tua That's in That's right. Love you, Tua. <laughs> Happy belated birthday. I was ready for Brady to be gone. I don't need Tom Brady back in my football life. He has absolutely nothing to prove. I don't need him back. It's time to pass the torch. It's time to head to the next generation. I don't want him back, but I think he is coming back. I think he's going to play again. And I know when that happens, Evan Cohen's going to jump on his 11.55 and his 5.55 show, and then he's going to do that for a straight damn week, 11.55, 5.55, screaming and yelling and clapping and applauding and happy, and it drives me crazy when Evan is happy. I don't want Tom Brady back, but I think he's coming back. But I don't want him back. I mean, neither do I. I, I enough think, already. It is enough already, and I'm just not prepared to to listen to this guy anymore, speculate things, or just talk the way he does, like so soft spoken. Like, like it's not like a victim is is the wrong word to no, use. It's, it's he he likes attention. He's an attention monger. I mean, he is an attention monger, and as much you know, heat and slack that we're giving Aaron Rodgers right now, we could so easily create the headline: Does Tom Brady owe it to the Buccaneers to make a quick decision? Because I mean, they have cap problems too, and yeah. Tom Brady being there would help them. You know, get on the horse about making certain decisions. If we're going to call Aaron Rodgers selfish, Tom Brady would be selfish, too. I mean, bingo. But Brady hasn't said anything definitive. Like, he used the R word in an Instagram post. Other than that, there hasn't been anything. With the specter, it just feels like, again, this is a rumbling that I have, an intuition that I have, a football intuition. I think Tom Brady's coming back. I think he's going to play quarterback again. Do you want Tom Brady still playing? You, the football fan, I don't care if you're a Bucks fan, I don't care if you're a Pats fan, I don't care if you're a Dolphins fan or a Chargers fan, just as a pure football fan, do you want Tom Brady playing? Or are you done with it already like me? Brady, I've seen you. I respect you. You definitely won me over in your stint in Tampa. Now it's time to move on. Go do something else. 
I want to move on to this next crop of quarterbacks. Do you want Tom Brady still playing? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The Twitter, it's open on this Friday, at KLV1063. That's at KLV1063, and the number again is 888-760-3776. Do you want Tom Brady still playing? Do you want him on the field playing quarterback for whatever team next year? 888-760-3776. And you know what's going to be extremely annoying, Stone, is when all of a sudden we have the week of shows, the two weeks of shows, the three weeks of shows, where it's speculation about where Tom Brady's going to go. Oh, my God. I mean, that is going to be just impossibly bang your head into the table and make yourself bleed type of radio because you're going to have to do it. It's going to be the most compelling thing in sports, but it's going to be just pure Brady. <sighs> it's He's not done. I'm telling you, Stone, he's not done. There's too much stuff surrounding this, and it's not just going to be, oh, he's going to come back and play for the Bucks. He's going to find a way to get out of that one year left on his contract and it's going to be a bidding war for him. A bidding war for a 45-year-old quarterback. Think about that. Let's go ahead and just make the recordings now live on air, and we'll clip them when it happens, and it'll save us a week. Let's just name places let's, where he's let's going. Just go, all right, here, Tom here. Brady will play for the Indianapolis Colts. Well, the Colts, they're just a quarterback away, Stone. Carson Wentz clearly wasn't the answer. Man, did he have an inconsistent final three weeks to the season. And how much leadership can you actually show when you don't get vaccinated? Yeah, he had a good middle portion of the year, but showed all the signs of what he was in Philadelphia and why he couldn't ultimately lead them by himself to the Super Bowl. One quarterback away, you arguably have the best running back in the league. You have a progressive-minded offensive head coach. Brady's going to Indy. How's the, how was that? It was phenomenal. Hey, good. Ken. In my opinion, I think Tom Brady goes and plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, the Steelers, I tell you what, Brady's a guy who knows how to get it done in the cold, and boy would he embody, <laughs> boy would he embody what it takes to be a Steeler. He's been in the late postseason battles. That team is in desperate need of a veteran quarterback because they're used to Ben. They're used to a guy that's been there, done that. Why would you go the youth route when you can get Brady to come back? With that improving defense, they immediately would overtake the Bengals and be the best team in the AFC North. Tom Brady is going to Pittsburgh. Good. Two for two. Awesome. I am killing it. <laughs> Do you want Tom Brady playing football still? Because I think he's coming back. And throughout the show, you know what, Stone? Keep me sharp. Just start proposing teams, I okay? Will. Uh, do you want Tom Brady playing next year? Just from a football standpoint, are you done with the thing like I am? Tom, please just go do something else. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at KLV1063. I just, I don't see what's thrilling about Super Bowl championship number eight. Like, I don't... I've seen, I've seen all the ways Tom Brady can win a Super Bowl, okay? In a blowout, in a close game, in overtime, with a comeback. Like, there's no other way unless he kicks the game-winning field goal that I'm going to see Tom Brady win a Super Bowl. Matt is in West Palm. Matt's on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Matt? Hi, how are you? Um, I do understand your point of view of being over it, but I do believe uh, being someone in my 40s, I, I root for him in, a, in certain ways. Um, I would love to see him in, uh, maybe go back home to San Francisco 
and uh, have a run at that. Um, here's my two, uh, my take. I'm a Broncos fan, so okay. either way, I've had some uh, rough uh, losses uh, from the Pats. But um, I think Garoppolo should go to either Denver or Pittsburgh, and then Wentz should uh, just go away. <laughs> when you just flat out go away? Uh, by the way, you I'm mean, okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. And by the way, as a uh, as a Denver <laughs> guy, uh, do you want Aaron Rodgers? It's the price is heavy. Uh, we mortgage our future, but the Rams did that as well. They went all in. They put all their chips in the card, and look what happened. So, yep. uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, to give up Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or Phantom, the but all we need is a solid quarterback. The defense is pretty solid. I think Von Miller will come back home, and uh, we'll make a run. Um, if that happens, if we get a pretty solid quarterback, the Chiefs, uh, of course, they're going to be there. But, um, uh, yeah, that's a tough question. Matt, I mean, you just got to see if, if, if Aaron Rodgers, and appreciate the call, Matt, if Aaron Rodgers uh, is worth all of that and Aaron being a pain in the ass being worth that. Yeah, I mean, he mentioned Jerry Judy and guys like Cortland, Cortland Sutton leaving. I mean, if you get an Aaron, you're most likely getting Devontae, too. So you can't be sad to see some of those guys That's go. That's a good point. That is a good point. They're sort of a package deal, which also, though, is probably Hefty. putting you a little bit more into the tank as well. That's fine. Do you want Tom Brady? The guy who's won seven championships, okay? <laughs> the guy who has been the ultimate deliverer of heartbreak to almost every NFL franchise. The guy who has been the standard. The guy who has been fawned over. The guy who has consistently had every feature done on him. Uh, I don't know what other story there is to tell about Tom Brady. The movie. Yes, the, the movie with the old ladies is coming out. That is very true. The Netflix production. Do you need to see Tom Brady anymore? No, I don't. Because I think he's coming back. Like I really, truly think that Tom Brady is coming back. There's too much contract talk. There's too much chatter. There's too much what if for there not to be something there. There are you know? so yeah, dude. There are so many holes in that Bucks roster, though. As far as they have big major cap problems, like he can't come back and play for the Bucks. So, however, he is going to get it done if he does is going to be so crazy to see. And you know, we said we don't want to talk about it, but it might be worth a few days. What is who's more valuable? In a trade, who gets more value back, Brady or Rodgers? That's a great question. I mean, is Tom Brady going to, would he bring on more value at 45 years old than back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers? I personally want to say no. I do think Aaron Rodgers is more valuable. I think he has more left in the tank. But, I mean, I I, I don't even feel confident saying Common that. sense would dictate that Aaron Rodgers would command more. But, again... He's a pain. He's an absolute pain. And you see, Tom Brady has never actually taken a franchise hostage, right? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is now doing it for a second straight offseason. He took the Packers hostage last offseason, and now Mike Tannenbaum's calling him selfish. Like, bro, what decision is going to change from March 4th today to March 16th when free agency starts? There's dollars on the table. Stop being selfish. He is he is holding the Packers hostage. Uh, Matt Lafleur saying, "Oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to annoy him. I don't want to get a. I don't know why all of a sudden Matt Lafleur also has developed a hardcore Wisconsin accent. But I don't want to annoy him. I don't want to. I don't want to call him too much. He like, deserves his time. Like, uh, here, let's ask this too. Do you want Tom Brady back? Do you want Tom Brady still playing football, coming out of retirement, or whatever it is we're calling it right now? It seems like it's not permanent in any way, shape, or form. And if you're a GM, 
If you're an NFL GM, factoring everything into play, ability, age, acumen, locker room, uh, locker room presence, but also general demeanor and the way you conduct yourself outside of football, are you giving up more in a trade for Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Who in a trade, if you're GM, has more value? Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Speaking of value, who oh boy, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. That is your ticket. That is your path. That is the way you get into the sports industry. There's a lot of jobs in the sports industry. It is broad. It is certainly not a tiny keyhole you're trying to fit yourself into. It comes in many forms, and there's only one way to fully engross yourself in all of it so you can pick your proper path because nobody wants to get into something and then realize, oh, man, this probably wasn't the direction I should have gone. Uh, And so with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, you get exposed to it all. Any of the... Many jobs in the sports industry, pro sports, college sports, broadcast, local sports, all there with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's how you find out all the information and get signed up for fall semester classes online or on campus in Boca Raton. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon's been running it for 22 years. It is ranked number 19 in the world. This is internationally renowned. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. All right. Do you want Tom Brady to play next year? Do you want him to come out of retirement? I get the sense it's going to happen. More and more, I think Tom Brady's playing next year. And you know what? I'm done. I want Mahomes. I want Burrow, I want Herbert, I want the next generation. I'm good on Brady. I'm all good. I'm Brady'd out. I'm Brady'd out, but I think he's going to play. Do you as a football fan want Tom Brady playing next year? And in a trade, if you're a GM, who has more value? Who are you giving up more for? Tom Brady or back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Again, tweeted us at KLV1063. He's still in the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 1063. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least confident, 10 being the most confident stone, Tom Brady plays next year. Where are you sitting on that spectrum, 1 through 10? 3.5. So that's low. Yeah, it's low. It's not 1, though. I I think he does take one season off. Yes, I do believe he comes back. So you're going to let that contract expire. Yeah, I would say he's going to let that contract expire, but he, of course, takes one year off because he just wouldn't want his whole plan just to fall into pieces this early on. See, I don't think he's going to be able to help himself. I really, truly don't think he's going to be able to help himself. I think now more than ever, Tom Brady's actually not retired. <laughs> I'm so I'm so done with Brady. And again, I respect him. I respect him an awful lot. Uh, everything in Tampa with him changed. I, I, I mean, 
I have a, a brain and common sense most of the time. Like Tom Brady, what he did in New England, how could you not respect that or at least acknowledge it? But he actually became likable in Tampa. That said, I'm, I'm just ready to get past it. Like I'm ready to close that chapter. I don't want him in the NFL anymore. I want the other the other quarterbacks, the other entities to get a chance now. And I'm just not looking forward to the endless bated breath. Is he or isn't he? Will he or won't he? Because that is going to take over our careers as we get closer and closer to training camp. Because you know how this is going to go. We're going to get to late July, and then things are really going to ramp up with Brady, especially as we get past June and that cutoff where the Bucks no longer take a cap hit uh, to put Brady on the retired list, and then Brady ends up not going on the retired list, and that floats out there till the end of July, and suddenly that's where the speculation comes from. And that is all that is going to be on your television. That is all that's going to be on your radio. That's all that Stephen A. and Russo are going to be yelling at one another about. That's all that uh, Skip and Shannon are going to be screaming at one another about. I'm telling you, that is absolutely how it's going to go. Well, let's jump out ahead of it. You ready? Let's make another one. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. Yeah, what's up, Stone? Tom Brady is going to play for the Las Vegas Raiders. That's our prediction. Oh, well, obviously, Tom Brady has a phenomenal relationship with Josh McDaniels, his former offensive coordinator in New England. They're really, really tight. Now, McDaniels did say that Derek Carr, that is unquestionably the Raiders' number one. But you know what? If you have a decision between Carr or Brady, well, you know what? That decision is Brady. How could you not bring him in? And imagine Tom Brady in Las Vegas. Wow, he would take over the city. And let's not forget, it's a Raiders team that was one inadvertent whistle away from ending the Bengals' glorious ride through the postseason. Brady with the Raiders. They could win the AFC. Brady is going to Vegas. Pretty good, right? I love it. We're three for three, right? Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about, you know, the Bill Simmons podcast we brought up last week where he mentioned that there's an expansion team brewing in Las Vegas as far as tied with the NBA. If LeBron ends up in Vegas, I think Tom Brady and him collab on at least something. There's some speculation there that that the two moguls, the two icons, the two dudes who run the show, the only thing Vegas. more annoying than Brady coming back and playing would be Brady and LeBron in Vegas Woo! and taking over that city. <laughs> oh, God. I want no part of that. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Do you want Tom Brady still playing football? You, the football fan, you, the person that uh, absolutely worships Sunday football, Monday football, Thursday football. Now that the NFL is done, you have a hole in not only your schedule, but a hole in your soul. Do you want Tom Brady playing football still? Do you want him coming back and playing football? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And if you're the GM of a team, are you giving up more in a trade for 45-year-old Tom Brady or back-to-back MVP 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, was just found by Bet Online to be the most hated personality in the NFL. 
888-760-3776. I think giving up more for a 45-year-old quarterback as opposed to still someone that I think is the best pure quarterback talent, even if he is a jackass, I find that to be ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers is worth more value than Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, put it into perspective, what if one of the two guys, either or, went out, rolled an ankle, you know, shattered their ankle, shattered their foot, and now you gave up all that, and this dude's not coming back to play that could, for you. That could go for anybody, though. Like, just, just in a vacuum, is Tom Brady worth more in a trade than Aaron Rodgers? I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it is. I, I, well, at least I agree. Uh, but I, I would be willing to bet that uh, there, there are some listening right now that would say, well, Brady's less of a headache. I know that Brady's going to come in and immediately take command of that locker room. Tom Brady, I would give up more for him because I know what I'm getting. He's not an eclectic distraction personality like Aaron Rodgers. But from pure talent, from a guy who I think can drag a team into a potential championship situation, I think Aaron Rodgers is worth more. Do you want Tom Brady playing next year? Do you want Tom Brady coming back and playing? And who's worth more in a trade Brady or Rogers, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Joe is in Jupiter. Joe, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Joe. Good afternoon. I got a quick hypothetical question in the, in the end, if I can. I love hypotheticals, so I love, absolutely. I will wait patiently for your hypothetical. All right, well, first of all, I'm so done with Brady. I, I respect him and I like him since he's been to Tampa, just like you. He needs to. Re- I think the NFL players, a lot of them, are tired of as well. So he better go to a team that has a good offensive line because he's not going to make 17 weeks. There's just no way. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And and then on and that, that's what makes Aaron Rodgers way more valuable because at least he's mobile and he's younger and he can get out of those situations. I, I think there's some players that are probably done with the Brady as well. Just like we can't get away from him. Every other hour, there's some show talking about is Tom Brady coming back. I don't care if it's written, not your show, but you know. Any well, that said, TV though, I think, there's, I think there's something to be said for the aura of Tom Brady. And I just get this from Greg Joseph, former FAU kicker who was with Tampa Bay last year. Uh, he said as soon as Brady walked into that locker room, like everybody just snapped to attention. He's never seen anything like it in a locker room at any level, high school, college, NFL. So there's something – I agree that I'm sure some players are sick of it, but I also think it changes when the dude is in your locker room. I agree with that 100%. I'm not saying all players. I just think some on the defensive line are going to be really ready to get after him. But oh, yeah. they'll get after anybody. All right. Sure. You ready for the hypothetical? I, I can't wait, Joe. Okay, it's off topic, That's but I, I know you're both big fans. Say the NBA Finals started next week. Uh-huh. How many? And it was it was it was the Heat against the Mavericks. As great as they're both playing with great defenses, how many games do you think it goes, and who wins, and why? <laughs> oh man, I it's like this hypothetical. Pure hypothetical. All right. Well, typically this was, is where I would say Heat and five, but Luca's a monster, right? <laughs> and I saw Luca go through a rough shooting night in person two weeks ago at the FTX Arena. And still find a way because he has also decided that he wants to play defense at a high level. I think it would be Heat and seven, but Luca would wor- learn the lessons that he needs to win the championship the next year. I'm going Heat and seven simply because the Heat have the best depth in the league, in my opinion. And what? 
and where does Spencer Dinwiddie all of a sudden all of a sudden he's he's a star because he's playing with Luca and he was buried well, in Washington. And this is this and, is and I have wanted to ask the question. We'll probably next week we'll dive in depth on this. I've wanted to ask the question, and it, it, you you bring that up, Joe. And it is, it's an interesting question about who makes players better. LeBron no longer appears to be the guy who can just drag a team to the NBA Finals, right? That's been his whole career. It, with LeBron not able to right. do that, which player would take that mantle of being able to drag a team to the Finals? And I'm starting to think it's Luka. Because he, more than anybody in the league, I think, now individually makes guys around him better. Right. That's why a Spencer Dinwiddie that game, is actually a thing. He is a thing. I think since that game that you saw in live, I don't think he scored under 35 points no. since. He's a monster. He's a <laughs> freak of nature. And, Joe, appreciate the call. God, I love hypotheticals. We're, you know what we're going to do as the, the, the football offseason rolls on and we don't have baseball and once we get through March Madness? We're just going to have a show where we're going to have people call and propose sports hypotheticals, yeah. or, or even life hypotheticals, or we're just going to discuss them. It's going to be the most talk radio talk radio of all time. Yeah, we're doing well so far. We're going to do a hypothetical <laughs> show at some point, all right? And we'll market it and make it a big thing. And by market it, I mean we'll probably mention it, and then nobody's going to say anything around here at ESPN West Palm for like three weeks, and then all of a sudden the day before, like, oh, God, we got to promote it. But we'll do that, okay? Yeah, we got it. Uh, Tom Brady, do you want to see him play still? You, the football fan, do you want to see him play still? And who has more value, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Let's go back to the beautiful metropolis of Jupiter. That's where Pete is. Hi, Pete. How are you doing today, guys? Go, buddy. All right, so um, out of the, the value part, I would have to say Tom Brady. I'm a Vikings fan, okay. too, out of this. I would give up Tom Brady for Kirk Cousins in a heartbeat. Oh, okay, hell so yeah. Oh, surprise. Pete, that's not um, even a question. You could sit here and say, I don't want to step in dog poop today. Like, that's that's the same type of claim <laughs> that you just made. But also, I, I want to say the value part of it, because if I'm not mistaken, I saw uh, Aaron Rodgers was trying to get, like, $50 million a year. Um and I believe Tom Brady's probably never making over like twenty eight million a year. Tom Brady has definitely like well, Tom Brady's definitely sacrificed more in his career from a financial standpoint than Aaron Rodgers has. Absolutely. So if if like let's say hypothetically if they'd got Aaron Rodgers in Tampa Bay instead of Tom Brady, do you think they would have been able to bring in all those other pieces to get that Super Bowl they got? Ooh, another good hypothetical. Maybe <laughs> now now Tampa. Tampa definitely got creative with the way that they structured the salary cap, but it's part of the reason they're in a little bit of salary cap hell right now, too. That's definitely an acquired taste, Pete, the way that the Bucks went about it that I'm not sure the Packers would ever even approach and appreciate the call. So it's just a little bit different. It's it, it The hypothetical doesn't quite fit because right. I think I'm looking at how the Packers do business as opposed to how I think, like when you were the Bucks, you had to do business. This was the Buccaneers was going to be a very short term situation, and they knew that, and everybody knew that coming in. Uh, Ernesto is in Boynton. Ernesto is on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Ernesto. Ernesto. Uh, can I start with a hypothetical? Oh, sorry yeah. about that. Go ahead, buddy. Can I start with the hypothetical real quick since you got me on the hypothetical? Ernesto, for, for football, give, me the, give me the damn hypothetical. Just whatever. I don't care. Propose it. Let's go. All right. I, I got two of them, Knicks 
in a couple of years, it will be Duke Northeast. Okay? <laughs> okay. That's going to be in a couple of years. All right? And then and then the Giants are going to land Russell Wilson. All right? Those are my two Ooh. hypotheticals. Okay? Ooh. All right? Well, now, those are more predictions, okay. but all right, I'm going to write them down. All right? Now, no, look at my hypothetical because I don't know if it's a prediction because I think it's more of a hype because I think they're going to stick with now, Daniel Jones and run this – Run his tire one more time, see how he goes. Well, I don't know. Ernesto, I also think that it's a prayer on your part. I think this is what you're hoping for. You're proposing the hypothetical because you're hopeful of these things happening. That's between us. I want to say, I want to say first. Um, I want to. I don't want to make it sound biased, but mm-hmm. I am a Michigan fan. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can understand being tired of hearing him, but the guy is great. Now, at the same time, listen to this. I'm yep. a Giant fan. Okay. So we were two wins away from making this guy perfect in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I am in football bliss. My Giants beat him. <laughs> I'm, beat him, you know, defeated his undefeated season, you know, crushed his undefeated season on my man. Because, I, I can't. I, again, I am a Brady fan, but you can't get tired of greatness. People, listen, he's not going to play forever. Father Time is unbeaten. So eventually, he is going to hang the cleats up, people. He will. But God, stop asking this gentleman to be like, you know, if he wants to think about it, let him think about it. But no, let this guy strap on the cleats, put on the pads, put him on the football field. Listen, there's like, you guys named them all already. How many teams? L.A. No, not L.A. I'm sorry. Can't kill him anymore. Uh, uh, Vegas. Uh, could stay back in Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. Could go where else? Uh, anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, half the half the NFL would take him as their quarterback. Half the NFL. If he says right now, Brady says right now, I'm undecided about retirement. Giselle's getting me tired. I'm sick of the kids. I want to go play. I want to go back and play football. Like you said, half the team would say, "All right, we'll take you, Brady." Ernesto, Just like you said, Ernesto, you listen to me enough to know how petty I am. Nothing I said about Brady surprises you in any way, shape, or form. Okay? Correct. Correct. <laughs> Ernesto, I appreciate you, buddy. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. We'll continue to take your calls on Brady. Do you want to see greatness continue to play? No. I don't, but I think Tom Brady's coming back. That's my conspiracy theory. I have gone full-fledged in a bunker, reading Reddit, uh, trying to connect the dots, and doing my own research, and I think Tom Brady's coming back. I think Tom Brady's going to play. And to me, it's annoying. Who has more value, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, by the way, if you were a GM? 888-760-3776. 760-3776. Because it's Friday, we're getting eclectic, we're getting weird. I wanted to talk some college football. We're going to talk some college football. From 247, he's the host of the Late Kick. Josh Pate will join us next. He's still in the Banner. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. So yes, it's the NFL Combine right now, and we spent a lot of this week talking about the Major League Baseball lockout. And... uh, It's Friday, and 
I'm the one who hosts this show with his name on the show, so I get to call the shots around here, and I wanted to talk college football. And you know what? We're going to talk college football, and we're going to bring in a guy who I think is actually the single best college football content creator out there, period, from 247 Sports. He hosts the Late Kick with Josh Pate, the Late Kick pod. You see him on CBS Sports. Josh Pate with us here on Ken LaVica Live. Josh, thanks for taking some time with us. Appreciate you. Man, I appreciate the intro. If I didn't feel good about myself this morning, I do now. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to build people up today. That's what I'm doing. I I, I want to ask you uh, just what we started the show with here, because I think I, I, I've turned into pure conspiracy theorist. I saw a red flag yesterday, and I think it's a sign. Tom Brady's coming back. He's not retired. Uh, Tampa's going to do something with him. Uh, do you want to, just from a pure football standpoint, because I'm totally done with Brady. I'm petty. I don't want to see him anymore. I recognize his greatness. I'm ready for the next generation. You as a football fan, do you want to see Brady playing next year? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. I don't mind the pettiness, you know, because I know 50 years from now, God willing, I'm still alive. And uh, Tom Brady, I don't know, Tom Brady may still be alive at that point too. But I think down the road, I don't remember the way it happened at the end. I don't remember all the in the weeds details. I just remember... All right, I got to watch him X number of years. Like, I want to be able to, I want to be the person who brags to younger kids and say, I got to watch that guy. Yeah. I feel the same way about Nick Saban. I don't care how Nick Saban handles the end of his career. I just want to be able to say, I watched him and I would like to prolong that for as long as I can. So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I can ignore it. I can turn a blind shoulder to it. Uh, actually, you turned my pettiness into your own pettiness, and I sort of like that. That was a really good move on your part. I'm going to, uh, going to read you the following names and, uh, uh, I, I just, uh, there, there's a purpose for this. Uh, Mario Cristobal, Ed Reed, Jason Taylor, Josh Gaddis, Kevin Steele, Kevin Smith, Alex Mirabal, Charlie Strong, Ed Pata. Those names make me really tingly. Frank Ponce. Uh, and so this is, this is the Miami staff now. Uh, Josh, are we talking about one of the best staffs in America in Coral Gables right now? Yeah, and also when you're talking about uniquely what Miami needs, I guess technically you could nitpick and you could find a few additions and subtractions to make to make it the perfect staff, but that's about as good as Mario Cristobal. In fact, that's better than what the best case fans probably thought Mario Cristobal was going to pull off was with his staff because they, you know, they, they've got a very unique situation down there. If I were to put together this staff at Nebraska, it'd be impressive, but it wouldn't mean what it means in South mm-hmm. Florida. So the task is clear; like everyone gets what the game is. You've got to recruit down there. You've got to reestablish that brand. And what you get to do with that staff is you don't just have to take this vision out. Like a lot of times when you get a new program and you're overturning staff, they don't have anything to sell. So they have to just take a vision out on the recruiting trail. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, this staff here, some of them played there, multiples played there, and every one of them you just mentioned either is intimately familiar with the grind and recruiting or they flat out know South Florida like the back of their hand. Yep. And what I, I know at times Mario struggled with at Oregon was having guys on his staff that really didn't fully embrace that grind like he did. And it, it led to butting of heads every now and then. Well, you notice with this staff, he put an emphasis on finding guys who he doesn't have to worry about that aspect of it with. And there are several guys on that staff who have coached under Saban. Gaddis has done the Saban and Harbaugh thing. Those are two what I call 25-hour-a-day guys. And so he doesn't have to worry about all that. And you get the best of both worlds because you get the grind and you also get the ability to recruit. So they don't have to sell a vision. They can sell proven results, and they're doing it with guys who 
know the area intimately, and you've got as a head coach one of the very best in the game to begin with. So, yeah, it make you feel that kind of way. I wouldn't even apologize for it. Uh, Josh, my uh, my co-host, producer, Stone Lebanowitz, does have a bone to pick with you, uh, though. Go ahead, Stone. Yeah, we kind of set you up there, Josh, all right? Because on late kick, Josh has paid college football's best coaching hires for 22. All that jazz you just talked about, those Canes. You put Lincoln Riley in USC at the number one spot. And I've heard your explanation why, but, I mean, you said your reasoning was going to be based off of the coach- the entirety of the coaching staff. So I know you made this list prior to, you know, this coaching staff list filling up, but explain why USC is at number one and Mario Cristobal is at number two. Yeah, so it was a splitting of hairs, but what they've already done at USC is they've shown the ability to get elite quarterback play in the house. They did it immediately. With Kate, well, almost immediately with Caleb Williams. So if that's a 51-49, 49-51 kind of deal, that was enough to put me over the ledge. I also, I just don't think that they're, I'm not saying there's downside, certainly to Miami staff, I don't think there's any aspect of what USC brought in that isn't a grand slam, again, relative to what they needed. It's kind of the same deal where Mario Cristobal, his staff, they uniquely fit like a puzzle piece with Miami. I feel like Lincoln Riley, in retrospect, was kind of a, kind of a fish out of water at Oklahoma. He feels like Southern Cal to me. Yeah. And so that's, that's where it was. It's no, it's no strong lean either way. It's not like it would shock me if either one of them surpassed the other. That's fair. See, uh, did you get your answer, Stone? I most, now? I most definitely right, did, except good. for the fact he didn't mention Tyler Van Dyke and, and his ceiling. But, no, but that good. was acquired. Answer. That was acquired. Of course. Uh, Josh Pate, again, the late kick uh, with Josh Pate, 247 Sports, the late kick pod. You see him on CBS Sports. Uh, and, and, Josh, full disclosure, I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic, so I actually am very familiar with Kevin Smith. I'm very familiar and always checking in on Lane Kiffin uh, at Ole Miss. I'm curious, what do you think Lane's ceiling is at Ole Miss? what that program ceiling is. I was really worried about them coming off the end of last season because, you know, you guys watched up the road a good ways in Gainesville last year. You watched a guy in Dan Mullen try to leave for the NFL. Didn't latch on anywhere. And he had to try and go from zero to 80 again from a standstill. He never could do it. and He was done. Well, Lane Kiffin, you know, it was kind of known behind the scenes. He was putting feelers out every which way but Sunday trying to get himself maybe an upgrade in head coaching positions, and get out of Oxford. Not that he hates it there. He just doesn't view it as a top-rung ladder job. And he didn't do it. And I was very concerned about that. But then he got himself just home run after home run acquisition from the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And to give you an idea of what I mean, and let me back it up with a, a number here, they, I think, at last check, they've added 12 kids from the transfer portal. And nine of those 12 were, we, at least at 24-7, we had graded as top seven at their respective positions. So not only did they just fill with quantity, but they also got really good quality there. And chief among them was getting Jackson Dart, the quarterback from Southern California, because, I mean, they're replacing a first-round caliber talent, at least, in Matt Corral. So I- I'm not saying my concern is alleviated, because it's never alleviated when you're having to rebuild on the fly in the SEC West. Think about this, by the way. I talked about this on the show last night. It's the only division in college football where you legitimately have three different programs that you could say have tier one expectation. What I mean by that is LSU, A&M, and Alabama, fan bases and the nation will expect them, given their current setup, to contend for the playoff every year. I didn't even list Ole Miss. I didn't even list Arkansas. I didn't even list Auburn. So they got to play those cats every year. You can't afford to let your foot off the gas. So I'm not saying my concerns are totally alleviated, but I guess they were eased a little bit with how good they did in the portal. 
I, I want to ask you, because you had Saban on very recently on uh, on the late kick, and uh, I know you've been doing this for a long time. Is there still a moment before you talk with Nick Saban where <laughs> you start to get a little nervous, you start to feel a little uh, intimidated when Nick Saban, you're staring him down in the camera? I actually enjoy it. Um, I don't have that, but I'll tell you why I don't have it. He has never given anybody a reason to be fearful or intimidated or, or nervous about interviewing him if you just if you put together logic-based questions. If you talk to him on a level he respects, you don't have anything to worry about. In fact, there's quickly a mechanism. He, he switches in his own head where when he realizes, all right, this is a person I can take seriously, he'll joke around with you, he'll laugh with you. And it's, I'm not saying it's like talking to people on Meemaw, but it certainly... <laughs> It certainly is not like the dude that you've seen in the YouTube clips and whatnot. So I've always enjoyed it. Some of the best times that I've had in our business is the before and after recording when you get a few minutes with him just off the record. Like, that's, that's golden. I'm, I mean, I'm, I consider myself still pretty new in our business. I don't care how long I'm around. That will be like a pinnacle moment of my career, and you kind of know it in real time. So I've always enjoyed having fun. Josh, i got to ask. Um, I know you're a 24-7 guy, and I and, – and this guy, I have to ask about Cormani McLean, the number one corner in the country out of Lake Gibson. Just where do you think he lands, and who do you think's at the top of his list? I know you guys have them all listed at warm, whether it's whether it's Bama, Florida, Miami, Michigan, or Ohio State. I mean, I've seen him play personally down here in Fort Lauderdale at a lot of these seven-on-seven tournaments, and I've camped, and I know his coaches pretty well and stuff. But where does this kid end up, and where is he leaning? Has there been any buzz? There's been buzz, but here's the way I've chosen to approach that. And there's a helicopter approaching, so just never mind the sound overhead. <laughs> so the way I've chosen to approach that is, since you got new staff in the house at Miami and Florida, and I really don't know what to think of the staff at Florida State, I've taken the approach with a lot of those South Florida kids of, I'm going to totally ignore any of the buzz until midway through this fall, when rubber starts to meet road a little bit in recruitment. And those new staffs have gotten a chance to sink their teeth into those respective recruitments a little bit. That's when I'm going to start putting stock, at least, into what I've heard. So, so I've anecdotally heard pretty much every team you just listed yeah. be mentioned with her. I don't know how serious to take any of it, if I'm just being real with you. Uh, did, did you see Cristobal at Lake Gibson the other day at their banquet talking to the team? I thought it was odd. I've never seen something like that happen before. But Cristobal took the private jet to Lake Gibson and spoke to the high school team and, and, and hosted their banquet, kind of. Yeah, and if you'll notice, he did not take the private jet alone. So there's a big emphasis, and I think that's Polk County. I believe that's where that is, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. it is. Is that right? Yeah, okay. So um, it doesn't take too long of a search on 247sports.com to see which five-star talent resides in Polk County right now. I love it because it's, it's so clear they're not scrambling. Like it's, it's not like they're walking into a tornado every day trying to sort themselves out. they got a pretty good initial plan. They know what they need to do. They're trying to shake things up. I expect some form of that from Napier staff at Florida, too. Like They know they have a shakeup on the recruiting front. Let's see how we go about it. Now, you're seeing how Mario's going to go about it. still kind of remains to be seen with Florida. But, no, that didn't surprise me at all. I don't think they want to relegate themselves just to the South Florida recruiting zone. They, they certainly want to own that and put a primary emphasis on that. But, you know, if, if you've got quarterback talent, if you've got premier skill perimeter talent that's in Georgia or in uh, the Carolinas, I think they want to be able to have, at the least, a strong regional recruiting net. Uh, Josh Pate again, the late kick with Josh Pate. Catch it uh, 247 Sports on YouTube, late kick pod, CBS Sports. Joining us here on Ken Levick Alive, Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, WUUB Jupiter, ESPN 106.3. So uh, I want to I wanna ask you about this. Hey, 
10 years from now, most likely to be at his school still, taking all things into account. Cristobal at Miami, Norvell at Florida State, or Napier at Florida in terms of recruiting prowess, loyalty, ability to coach, win over fan bases. Who do you think has the longest staying power of the big three in this state? I, I have to go Mario Cristobal. Uh, number one, we can, I can only judge how winnable the conference is going to be based on what we have currently. And certainly the ACC is a more gentle path relative to what Napier would face in the SEC Uh, You normally have a little bit longer rope in the ACC than you do in the SEC. And then thirdly, you know, let's just hope it never comes to this, but if things were to start to go sideways, let's just say worst-case scenario starts to play out, just because he's Mario Cristobal, because of the factors that brought him there and the individuals in some cases that stepped up and brought him there, I think he probably has one to two years extra length on his rope than even someone else would have. And so with all those factors in mind, not to mention the possibility he could just win and then set himself up for a live period. I'd have to go Mario Cristobal. I don't have to think that long about that one, actually. And I don't doubt Napier, but, yeah, if you're making me pick one over the other, that's got to be Cristobal. Josh, i got to say, you are high on the Canes. I love it. Like, I, I'm eating this up. I'm all for it. Stone's over here. Just, I, I mean, he is he is on cloud nine. But I, I have not <laughs> heard. I mean, there's obviously the, the Canes fandom and Canes Twitter that's always going to be, hey, we're the best brand, we're the you, but you are legitimately high on Miami's chances here with Cristobal. Yeah, well, I want you to think about it like this. So, I, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I could be wrong, but if I'm wrong, I want someone to give me some logic-based reasoning why I shouldn't expect them to, at the very least, I think have the best talent roster in the ACC by 2024. Because the way I look at it, there are some things you don't even have room to doubt. Like, you don't doubt they're going to recruit well. That would be foolish based on history alone. Right. And then there's the second thing in play, which is I think Miami may be right next to Southern California, ironically, we were just talking about it. Miami may be the best positioned major Power 5 program in America to benefit from the intersection of NIL and the transfer portal. NIL because of the limitless opportunity you have down there. And the transfer portal, I thought about this the moment they changed the portal. There's so much talent any given year in South Florida. Some of it stays home. A lot of it leaves home. Well, in any given cycle, when kids enter that portal, you're going to have a lot of South Florida kids in the portal by default. And a lot of them just want to go closer to home. It didn't work out wherever they went. Miami could just be a random landing spot for kids you missed in the recruiting trail the first time around two years ago sure. that just want to come home. Sure. And so, like, think about how many factors are setting up to benefit them. And I just ask, okay, how are you going to counter that? Why shouldn't I believe that they're going to have a loaded roster, which it takes. Like, I'm not saying they, I'm not saying that guarantees the five-star meal. I'm just saying when you've got a fridge full of the right groceries, you're a whole lot more likely to have the right meal two years from now. I tell you what, Stone, there's always a couple of uh, FAU bye weeks or they play on Thursday where, uh, where I end up going with my wife uh, to tailgate at Canes game. She's a season ticket holder, Josh, and she, uh, she's a hardcore Canes fan. And uh, I feel like Pate's getting the invite. If my wife is listening right now, Pate's getting the tailgating invite to uh, whatever open date there is for uh, the Canes this year. I mean, you're damn right he is. <laughs> you're damn right he is. Um, I do want to finish with this. You mentioned NIL, and uh, this was a big rant Uh that made a lot of news on your show, The Late Kick, with Jimbo Fisher. Why was he so mad at you for daring to insinuate that maybe just maybe Texas A&M did a good job with NIL? <laughs> Look, so here's the feedback you didn't get to see was us talking to him in the program afterwards. And what I came to realize, I realized it pretty quickly, is 
it had nothing to do with us. I mean, I tossed him the most softball question <laughs> ever. I just said, hey, what did NIL mean about with your recruiting class? Like, what kind of impact did it have? Well, he had a press conference coming up an hour after that, and he already had his bullet points in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I knew when he started pulling his reading glasses out and started <laughs> pulling them off, putting them on, I knew we were in trouble. Uh-huh. And so I just leaned back. I just let him go, and, and he goes off the rails. And, and when he said NIL had nothing to do with recruiting, that's when I looked at him a little sideways, and I said, oh, well, I want you to clarify then, because there's a lot of misconception out there that it was. Why do people think that? And that's when he really got been out of shape. But they, they said afterwards, hey – that was good. We appreciate it. There's no hard feeling, ill will, or anything like that. We'll probably have him on again soon, and I'll probably play the tape for him, and he'll laugh about it, I hope. Hey, yeah, I, I, hopefully, right. And, <laughs> hey, if he wants to use you as his test balloon for his NIL talking points, then so be it. It makes your life a lot easier, that's for sure. Uh, Josh Pate, the late kick, don't miss it. It is, again, like I said, some of the best college football content out there. He's got the late kick pod. You see him on CBS Sports. Josh, really appreciate the time. Really, really good stuff, and we'll talk to you throughout the offseason, okay? Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. The late kick with Josh Pate again. Don't miss it. Uh, the late kick pond. And again, Josh and all his work at CBS Sports. Um, we're late, so we're going to go ahead and get ourselves into the listening lunch. We'll be back after this. Uh, we will continue to talk Tom Brady. We will continue to go through some college football. But also, we have problems on the West Coast with the Lakers, Stones boys, oh. and Heat fans. I hate to say it, but I told you so. All that to come. He's still on the Bannowitz Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.